You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Yes, that's it. Push yourselves, boys. Not a party if you don't do something that scares you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that So today is going to be just sort of a mishmash and a roundup, as well as a little bit of a follow-up to what I said yesterday. Um, This is going to happen most times when I do something that is considered controversial, because some people are not going to like what I had to say. And because I'm the kind of way that I am, I can't just let it sit. So, couple rebuttals. Um, not very many, though, so I'll just very quickly give my thoughts on them. And then we move on. Probably save that until after the break, though. As for this moment in time, I want to quickly address the fact that uh, Ezekiel Elliott has coronavirus. Very simple statement. Please relax. The guy's fine. He's going to be okay. There's going to be lots of football players and coaches and people that get coronavirus. It's going to be blown out of proportion. Our job as fans is to not overreact. Because that will set off a chain reaction. If we overreact and we panic and we give the impression that the NFL is being reckless by not, I don't know, panicking, lighting their clothes on fire, or, I don't know, something like canceling the NFL season... They're going to cancel the NFL season. Here's the thing. I don't think anybody cares as far as Roger Goodell, the owners, the people that are going to make decisions. I don't think they care about any of this stuff. I think they care about football. I think they want there to be a football season. I don't think anything's really going to stop that that there from being a football season. The only thing that's going to stop there from being a football season is if everybody gives the impression that they don't want a football season. So what I'm asking football fans to please do is to continue wanting football to be a thing. The fact that like three guys got coronavirus, three guys that are in a demographic of people that is, what do they got, a a 0.02% chance of, of getting deathly ill from this, and they're fine? Please relax, okay? It's all I'm asking for, because as soon as I saw that, I thought, you know what? People are going to freak out. And if this spirals out of control the way everything seems to spiral out of control in 2020, football is over. So you're going to hear it again, because (laughs) if you didn't freak out this time, they're going to go out and find more guys. I'm just, I'm picturing how this is going to work. There's going to be another batch, and then another batch, and then people are going to go, oh my goodness, it keeps happening. Yes, it keeps happening. Of course it keeps happening. Because the virus is still out there. It's still working its way through society, and it's not going to stop doing that. This is something that you should have already known. If you're panicked because people are still getting this virus, duh! Come on now. If you don't know how stuff works, just don't talk so much. Please? And if you do know, then please don't be reckless. You understand that people are going to get the virus. And it's not being reported because Ezekiel Elliott is in a hospital bed right now. It's being reported because Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott. The guy's fine. 
I mean, from his standpoint, it's a good thing. Get it now. He won't have it for the NFL season. He's one of the few people that we know will not have it for the NFL season. Can't say that about Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams. And if those guys get it, they're out for two weeks, and that's not great. That should be a bigger concern. Not the fact that Ezekiel Elliott won't have it during the NFL season. I'm not saying don't be cautious. I'm just saying don't panic. We've got enough panic going on about everything else. I don't need there to be people going nuts and boycotting the NFL for not being caring, and then we don't have an NFL season, because I will rage if you people take this from me. And look, I I don't know what's coming in the future. Maybe things are going to get so bad that that becomes a reasonable thing that there's no NFL season. But right now, come on now. Talking about, what, three people? Relax. That's all I'm asking you to do. Please. And, and again, I'm not saying relax because everybody's freaking out now. I'm saying relax because I know there's going to be more people and more people and more people and more people. Just keep remembering to relax because that's the expectation. You should be expecting that. In fact, it's kind of weird we haven't heard more. How have we not heard, How many Green Bay Packers have gotten coronavirus? Is it zero? Because that would be weird. How could it be zero? You can't simultaneously think this is the biggest virus that's ravaging the entire world and everybody's getting it, while at the same time thinking if two people out of a thousand get it, that's a catastrophe. Doesn't work that way. Pick a pick a lane. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. If we hear today that three more people got coronavirus, that things are going to spiral wildly out of control. You know I'm not lying. I'm just, I'm begging. I'm begging you to just be calm and reasonable and rational about this. Please. All right, moving on. Anyways, um, this is kind of a long time coming. This is almost a week ago, but uh, shout out to Michael for jumping in on Patreon. I don't think I said thank you, and I probably should do that. If you, by the way, would like to support the Packernet podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, I believe is what it is. There is a link in the description of the show. If you have an aversion to Patreon, as some people do, there are other options. Please check the links in the description. Otherwise, a five-star iTunes or Stitcher review would be greatly appreciated. Make sure you turn on notifications wherever you're listening. And the biggest and best way you can help out the show is to just spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, force your kids to listen whether they like it or not. It's one of the perks of being a parent. Do whatever you want. It's the rules. I don't make the rules, I just take advantage of them. But anyways, why don't we take a break and we'll come right back and address a couple other things. Forgot to mention, get in the Packer a Podcast Facebook group and Facebook page. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and start with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I wasn't really sure how to handle this, but... Most of the comments um, that I found about the podcast were sort of just the how-dare-you variety. They see what I said as somewhat of a personal attack, and they find that rude. But again... I'm addressing a claim by Green Bay. So, so here's what you can't do. And I understand that we're talking about different people. If you're not saying it and all you're hearing is me, quote-unquote, attacking the guy, and you come out and defend him, fine. But here's what can't happen. You can't make a claim that the guy's elite, and then when I say, I don't see any evidence of that, please show me, you come back with, how dare you attack him? Because that doesn't make a lot of sense. And that essentially is the series of events. I'm not just jumping out of the bushes and ambushing the guy. I'm addressing direct claims that are made. And I understand I'm not doing a lot of you a lot of favors because some of you are fighting the good fight on Twitter every single day against Bears and Lions and Vikings fans who love nothing more than to say that Aaron Rodgers is washed up and he's not what he used to be. And you spend 24 hours a day 
defending the man and, and saying all kinds of stuff. And here I come with a podcast addressing the whole world, because there are Bears and Lions and Vikings fans that listen, basically confirming what the enemy has been saying. And that's just how dare... I, I get it. But again, it's important to look at things rightly. So as far as the pearl-clutching type reaction goes, I can't help that. There's no way for me to address that. If you just don't like that I said... I don't like that I said it. So we're on the same page. We agree with that. I don't like saying it. I'm just reading statistics. And I'm posing the question to you, what do I do with this? Um, Grayson made a post, and that's where most of this stuff came from. Um, He did make a good point that in 2018, the guy played on a broken leg. Now, look... I don't know. I Broken leg. No, I know medically, technically. Da, da, da. Listen, I had a broken leg once. I couldn't put weight on it at all. That has to be a bit of an exaggeration. Either way, okay. Here's the problem, though. We've got five years. We have one year in which he played really well. We have four years of excuses. That doesn't wash, man. And it's not to say that these aren't somewhat legitimate excuses, but what? 2015, the problem was he lost Jordy. 2017, he got hurt. 2018, he got hurt. 2019, he had a new offense. Bottom line is, I just, I, I can't sympathize with that so much. And, and here's the other problem. An excuse for why you're not good doesn't point to you being good. I mean, just from a statistical standpoint, if every little variable is, is going to cause him to have a bad year, what are the odds that he has a good year in 2020? Because if anything happens to one of his guys, if he has any kind of injury, if there's any scheme change, which is probably going to be, we've been talking about that, then then we have to assume Aaron Rodgers is going to be a bad quarterback. That's still not great. Again, 2015 is a lame excuse because some quarterbacks don't have wide receivers and they're still very good. 2017, he was hurt, but he played like five games. And some of these statistics are an average type of statistic, so it's it's not cumulative. Meaning, in this small stretch, it wasn't great. 2018, I mean, if he played on a broken leg, fine, but how many of the problems are because of that? Are we saying every single problem is because he had a a hurt leg? I mean, maybe, but I I just, I feel like it's an excuse, and I I just, I'm not super excited about that. But again, at, at the very least, it doesn't prove that he's the GOAT. And what I set out to do is say, okay, you're saying, and, and listen, goat is goat is fine. I'm not actually mad at goat because it, what does the last two letters mean? All time. And if you, I said, if you cover the spectrum of his career, he still has some of the best stat. I mean, even passer rating is through the roof. I think it's still the highest of anybody in NFL history, despite the last five years not being that great. If you look at that stretch from 2008 to 2014, especially, has to be one of the greatest stretches of quarterback play in the history of football. My question is, is he still elite? And having four years of excuses doesn't point to him being elite. It's a reason why maybe he could still be the best, but just wasn't, hasn't been for basically five straight years. You get what I'm saying, though? It doesn't make him elite. It's just a reason why. And it's an excuse. It excuses, what what does it excuse? Excuses the fact that he hasn't been elite. So it kind of concedes the point when you make an excuse. Because again, what is it you're excusing? The fact that he hasn't been elite. And uh, so my essentially my comment to Grayson was, okay, I'll give you that, but 2020, no excuses. 
And the bottom line, it doesn't even matter. You've had a year in this scheme, so that doesn't play out anymore. I don't want to hear anything about lost players. And by the way, he lost Devontae last year, and everything seemed great. So I think the 2015 season was a pretty bad season. Just flat out not great. And if he gets injured again, at that point, you become kind of an injury liability. As old as he is, and we're talking, what, 2017, 2018, and 2020? Three out of the last four years the guy's played in, or been injured? That's really bad. So th- there are no more excuses. 2020, you either light it up, you get back to top five quarterback caliber, or we all start to acknowledge there's an issue. I'm, I'm fair. I'm, I'm fine with, with holding off judgment for one more year. I'll excuse those four, which is a little silly. I'll, ex- I'll excuse four of the last five seasons as flukes, but I'm not doing it again. I'm not excusing five out of six. No more. I don't care if you lose Devontae. I don't care if you get injured. I don't care if Matt LaFleur comes in and tweaks the entire offense. You need to perform. If you see a guy that's open down the field, you have to throw it to him. When he's open, you got to throw And that, that's kind of the reason some of these excuses don't wash. Because if you look at the individual instances of issues, again, in 20, 2018, he's got a guy wide open four yards away from him in the flat, and he throws it into the dirt because he refuses to plant his feet. Come on. Can't hit MVS to save his life. Because the scheme change eh, refuses to throw to checkdowns because, well, 2018 he had a broken leg and 2019 he had a scheme change. You see what I'm saying? The problem is when you actually look at the individual instances, the problems don't always, some of them do, but they don't always correlate to the excuse being given. Um, Aaron popped up and um, made a comment basically saying the defense is the problem. Now, maybe Aaron didn't listen to the podcast and thinks that I'm just coming at Rodgers because what I had said was one good year and five with four excuses isn't going to cut it. So maybe he thinks I'm saying one good year for the team out of five is the problem, in which case he's saying, well, the team has been bad because of the defense. But for those that have been listening to the show, please don't use that as an excuse. Because his passer rating has nothing to do with the defense. His QBR has nothing to do with the defense. Adjusted net yards per attempt has nothing to do with the defense. PFF's grade has nothing to do with the defense. Wins and losses, which I cited, does have something to do with the defense. But even that, you know, we're, we're rapidly coming to the point where the defense is better than our offense. Depending on the, the metrics or stats you want to look at or grades or whatever, the defense was better than the offense. And then the final objection that I saw was, Imagine how fans would feel if Rodgers had numbers like Favre. The problem with that is, again, it has nothing to do with anything that I'm talking about. Zero. This is strictly coming from the standpoint of, how dare you? Right. Favre wasn't great. I, I, I mean, okay, let's, let's look at it, I guess. If we look at Brett Favre's last year with the Green Bay Packers in 2007, his adjusted net yards per attempt was 718. The last time Aaron Rodgers had an adjusted net yards per attempt that was that high was, go figure, 2016, 724. The other four out of five years, 610, 599, 696, and 671. So I listen, I'm, I'm not trying to turn this into a Far vs. Rodgers thing. Again, what was the original question? Is Aaron Rodgers elite? Again, people are coming at this from a how-dare-you pearl-clutching standpoint. How dare you come at Aaron? I'm not coming at anything. I'm asking a question based on claims that are made. You made the claim that he's elite. I'm asking you to back it up. Saying, well, he's not as bad as Favre doesn't make him elite. Saying he's had a great 
career and he's the GOAT doesn't mean he's been elite for the last five years. Again, the, big, the, the, the reason this whole thing came up is because I'm watching rivals as well as national people trying to poke Packer fans by saying Rodgers is, is washed up. And I, like you, hear that and want to react. The problem is I can't find anything to throw back at them. I can't. I'm looking around for weapons. or I'm looking. I'm like, hey, guys, we got anything? And people are just seething and screaming, how dare you? And, and Cousins is trash. And, and Stafford is a joke. And Tom Brady is a, he's a terrible. And he kisses his kids on the lips. And he's a cheater. And the Vikings are purple and haven't won Super Bowls. And it's like, you, you sure got them there. Still, I'm looking around for weapons here. I'm not seeing anything. Lions are a joke. They don't even want to be there. Blah, 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 blah. And I, it's, yeah, man. I've done a few episodes on that. It's, I love that one. Still, I'm, I need help. Help me. Save your outrage because it's not going to get you anywhere. I don't care. If you're offended, go away. Go cry to somebody that's interested. I'm asking you to help me find some ammunition that says that Aaron Rodgers is elite so that you and I together can go up to the Colin Cowards and the Bears fans and the Lions fans and the Vikings fans and everybody else and start beating them back. I'm asking you. I'm begging you. Find me something. So far, we have touchdown to interception ratio, which, no offense, I feel like you're handing me a butter knife going up against a, a rocket launcher. It's, it's not going to go well for me. I'm not going into this fight with a butter knife. I mean, Godspeed to you if that's what you want to do, but I, I can't join you in battle with, with that one. I can't do that. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for standing with you. I'm all for even saying I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a better year than Cousins and this and that and the other thing. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to be maybe not completely, you know, sold on that. But again, that's all I'm asking. And if you have it, give it to me. I'm willing to listen. But please be very clear what I'm saying and what I'm asking for. I'm not just kicking Aaron Rodgers for fun. I'm asking fans who say that he is still elite to provide a little bit of context. That's it. Because the problem is I've been saying it. And now I'm feeling dumb and I'm asking you to help me. Help me to back that up a little bit because I've been saying something that now I think is maybe a little dumb. Am I dumb or no? If you can't handle these kinds of conversations, you should probably find a different show because I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. Again, there's a lot of other shows that'll sugarcoat. I can't believe somebody actually left a negative review saying that I'm a, a shill for the team and I'm always positive. What a joke. I am going to be a little unfairly positive in the direction of the Packers. But I'm not going to just lie. Not interested in it. Again, there are, there are 50 Packers f- Facebook groups that will sit around and high-five each other about how great and elite the team is and we're going to win the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers is elite and everybody that's on this team is the best at their position. There's also a handful of, of podcasts and everything else that'll, that'll tell you Aaron Rodgers is elite. I'm not going to do that because it's not reality. Now again, maybe he will be in 2020. Maybe every one of those four excuses are legitimate. He's going to be healthy. Devontae's going to be healthy. He's going to be familiarized with the scheme. And he's gonna. I've I've talked about that, but again, let's be clear. I'm not saying he won't be in the future. I'm asking someone to point to me an argument that is a rebuttal to the fact that he hasn't been good for the last five years. If you can't do that, please don't come at me with anything, because I'm asking you for something very specific. I don't want to hear about the defense. I don't want to hear about Brett Favre. I don't want to hear about other teams. 
I don't want any other yeah buts. If you're saying he's elite, back it up. That's it. That's the only thing I want to hear. And here, here's the kicker. And this is where things get uncomfortable. If you can't do it, you need to. You don't have to. It's up to you. The right thing to do is to change your mind. And I know that's very hard for some people. And again, you don't have to say he's garbage. You don't have to be mean. You, you can fully go on saying he's going to have an elite 2020 season. You can still hold that, that belief. But if you can't find anything that says he's been an elite quarterback for the last five years, you have to stop saying it. And, and you might just have to concede a little bit of ground to some of these guys. And that's all right. The Packers aren't the best at everything. I don't know if you've noticed this. We haven't won the Super Bowl in a long time. It's okay to not be number one in every category every single year. I definitely miss the days when everybody acknowledged Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in football. I'm sorry to tell you those days are over. Even if he has a great 2020 season, nobody's going to say that because you've got guys like Pat Mahomes, Lamar, assuming he has another great season, lots of young guys that the media love and they, they're gushing over. Aaron Rodgers' honeymoon period is over. And that's all right. The media doesn't like him. We can still like him. But let's like him rightly. Let's like him because he's a good person. He's still a good quarterback. He's got great intangibles that could lead to an elite season, even late in his career. And absolutely 100,000%, we are big fans of Aaron Rodgers because what he's done for the team over his entire career. Again, especially that 2008 to 2014 stretch. You could even say through 2016 with one little negative blip in 2015. However you want to say it, whatever. Just unbelievable career and quarterback. Multiple things can be true at once. It's okay. All right, now that I've spent two days making you sad or angry or whatever the emotion you're feeling, let's pivot to something that is much more positive. We already know that things in Detroit are negative, right? I've pointed to the fact that the Detroit Lions have a great roster. However, the leadership is terrible and the players don't want to be there, meaning there is an expectation that they will underperform like they always do. So it's fair, although it doesn't necessarily have to be this way. Good players could possibly play really well and shock everybody. It's it's an option. But it's certainly reasonable to believe that despite all those good players, they're not going to play well. Well, Matt on Twitter highlighted a little something-something on Twitter that maybe leads me to believe that the Detroit Lions aren't the only NFC North team that's in a bit of turmoil. Jake Galuski on Twitter says, Bears still need a right guard. Kyle, come back. Proven training camp, you're healthy, and you are by far the top option. It's not even close. He's probably right, because the offensive line, as I've been saying, is continuing to regress, really becoming a a bad offensive line, despite just two years ago being a very good offensive line. Kyle Long, their former right guard who has retired, responded to him, and he says, I would wait for a new staff. Maybe I'm blowing this a bit out of proportion, but this is a bit of a bombshell for me. Kyle Long is not only saying he has a problem with the staff, he's saying he retired more or less because he doesn't want to play for the Bears. Think about that. He's saying, yes, I would be happy to come back and play. He's not saying, nah, dude, I'm retired. I don't want to play football anymore. He's saying, I don't want to play for the Bears as they currently are. But if they get a new staff, yeah, I'd come back. Kyle Long is 100,000% a leader on that team. All the Longs are massive leaders for their teams. There, There is very little doubt, especially if you're willing to be vocal on Twitter, that Kyle Long is not alone in this. 
There is something brewing underneath, and, and why wouldn't there be? Look at what a terrible job this GM has done providing talent for this team. The fact that they had the best defense we've seen in forever in 2018, they should have steamrolled their way to a Super Bowl, but the offense, especially the quarterback, was so inept they couldn't get there. The fact that they've done nothing, and clearly the, the, the slide in the wrong direction is there, and as much as Bears fans want to kick and scream and say it's not true, Kyle Long would like to have a word with you. He doesn't want anything to do. You, you think he's going to quit if he thought that the Bears were going to win a Super Bowl? He knows the team's going in the wrong direction. And when you're looking at maybe a year or two playing, you know, you got enough money. I don't know. Maybe I'll stick it out for a couple more years. But you see that you had your shot, and now you're, you're going through the process of a rebuild. The quarterback isn't panning out. We're getting the veteran to come in here until we can find a new guy. I mean, Khalil Mack, by the time they get a new quarterback, you maybe got another, what, one year of Khalil Mack? And we already know that the... the, the the current GM has no ability to build a roster. So all these guys that he inherited, as well as the guys that he paid way too much money for, they're going to be leaving. And then what do you do? You think you're going to build a team through free It's It's over. Now, that doesn't necessarily speak to 2020, but Kyle Long kind of is. Because similar to the Detroit Lions, when you are defeated emotionally, when you don't believe in your coach, when you don't believe in your GM, when you don't believe you're getting the proper support and you don't believe in this team's ability to to do anything, and when you even have vocal leaders that are leaving the team and going on Twitter saying, I don't want anything to do with that franchise because of who's currently running it, and maybe I'm missing some context and there's something else and some other reason he doesn't like leadership, maybe there's some other controversial thing that's going on behind it, doesn't matter. The, the point still remains. And, and And this is another reason to be optimistic about being a Green Bay Packers fan. Look at how well the locker room was. Look at how great the locker room was. The relationship between Zadarius and Preston and King and Jair, Rodgers and LaFleur, despite all the media speculation and nonsense that is continuing to this day. This is a team that loves the Green Bay Packers. They're, they love their coach. By all accounts, they love Gutekunst. Can you imagine that? Guys hating being in Chicago, but loving being in Green Bay, Wisconsin? You have to be extra special to to have people love being in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Think about it. You could be in L.A. You could be in, in Tampa, Miami, Jacksonville. I'm not big on cities, but New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas. All of these places that would be kind of awesome to be a millionaire in. And you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where you can buy massive quantities of cheese with your money. You can buy a sweet dairy farm. The point is, you have to be... You have to make it extra awesome for guys to love being there, and guys do. I'm sure not everybody, and they get out of Green Bay as much as they can, and they hate the cold, etc., etc. But this is a great thing. And again, it's a very young team with a very young coach with the arrow pointing directly up. Detroit is on the verge of firing everybody, and even if they do a good job, they should still fire everybody because nobody wants to play for Matt Patricia. Why he's still there is baffling to me. Chicago is on a downward slide with a GM that doesn't know how to build a team, with an offensive-minded head coach that seemingly had a bag of tricks, came in, did great in his first year, and now everybody's kind of got him pegged a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe the offensive talent just isn't there, but I don't see a lot of these trick plays that, that make everyone go, dude, Matt Nagy's an offensive genius, because that was going on that first year, but now it's kind of maybe not so much. And that leaves us with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, there doesn't seem to be a lot of turmoil there, but I, I, I will remind you of the fact that seemingly the Minnesota Vikings want to move on from their head coach, which I really don't understand. 
I mean, we did go back and look at the man's record, and it's not as, as glowing as, as you would expect, but rumor had it, and maybe it's not true, but if they did not beat the New Orleans Saints, he was going to be fired, which, again, is just baffling to me. The, the guy has built just an unbelievable defense. The, the team is kind of a defensive team, and as much as you might say, well, let's get a, a more offensive-minded person to take advantage of the talent we now have on offense, the problem is if this defense falls apart, it's still not a very good team. Cousins, Thielen, and uh, the running back, I'm blanking, Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's its a decent trio, but there's theres a lot of good trios out there. Rodgers, Devontae, and, and Adams add in the offensive line is a much better group. But even, even Minnesota is an older team. It's an aging team. You're, it's a very expensive team because they're so loyal to their guys. They overpay to retain their own players, which forces them to lose quality players. And that's already happening. And Stephon Diggs was a separate situation. They didn't want to get rid of Diggs. Diggs just... And, and, it, and again, there's no overt sign that things are a problem, but you got a wide receiver. Maybe he's just a little bit of a head case, but he forced his way out. He hated being there. Why? Because they didn't win a Super Bowl? Then why would he go to the Buffalo Bills? They're no better than the Vikings. I mean, they're, they're, they are a, a more seemingly ascending type team, but it's not a better quarterback. They don't have a better running back. I, I, I just don't see it as a better environment. Why did he want out of Minnesota so badly? Maybe it's just completely irrational, and he just got angry, and he said, I want out, and he's throwing a temper tantrum. I don't know. But it wasn't just him. We saw Cousins getting into fights with everybody. Thielen was, was kind of right there with him. Thielen was arguing with him. He was not a fan of Cousins. Then you also have to factor in Cousins. You know, he did get an extension, but how long is he going to be around? Is he going to stay at that level? Is there going to be continued tension between he and Thielen? Or is that going to be healed now that Diggs is gone? What's going on with the head coach? Is he about to be fired? There is no team that has the amount of stability as the Green Bay Packers. The biggest question really is that quarterback. Is Aaron Rodgers going to step up and remain the quarterback? Because, okay, so worst case scenario for the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love is not very good, and Aaron Rodgers remains a top 15 quarterback and remains just kind of in that range, between 10 and 15. That's still potentially a Super Bowl caliber team. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not an elite quarterback, and nobody's doubting their ability to win a Super Bowl. Jared Goff is not an elite quarterback. Nobody was doubting their ability to win a Super Bowl back when they had a good team. I mean, for crying out loud, if Mitch Trubisky was was anything other than the worst quarterback in football, they could have won a Super Bowl. But that's worst-case scenario. There is the possibility of an Aaron Rodgers resurgence with this new offensive system, which, again, has not really taken shape yet. There is also the possibility that Jordan Love ends up being a very good quarterback in the next couple years, and we have another 10 to 15 years of dominance as a franchise. There's there's no other team that can say anything even close to that. Which team even has a prospect of, of a quarterback? The Bears are, are need to look for a quarterback today. The Lions better start looking quickly. The Vikings need to find somebody. And the Packers have Jordan Love, who is a Pat Mahomes-type player that everybody says needs to sit for a while and is going to have the luxury of sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you're going to bet on a team long-term, you would be kind of foolish to pick any team other than the Green Bay Packers. Now, in 2020, you could bet on a couple different teams, but again, if you're betting on the Bears, that's ridiculous. If you're betting on the Lions, that's ridiculous. The only other team, and I'm not saying it's impossible, the Bears could win the division, the Lions could win the division, the Vikings could win the division, anybody could technically win the division. But to analyze all the information and come to the conclusion that the Chicago Bears are the best team is kind of ridiculous. 
it's a declining team with internal turmoil, a terrible GM, and no real quarterback. You're going to take that over the Green Bay Packers going into their second year with an offensive system after going 13 wins last year. Again, this is basically year two for the defense as well. Zadarius and Preston and Amos and Savage and Gary. I mean, half the defense is going into their second year, and nobody's going into a year other than their third. And some of these guys started coming on strong toward the end of the year. Kenny Clark was the best defensive tackle in football for the second half of the season, and Kevin King was one of the best corners for the last, like, four or five weeks. Again, the, the, I'm, I'm, I am biased, but I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason is, when I say something and it's positive, I want you to believe that I mean it. And when I'm telling you the Packers are the best bet to win the NFC North, it's because the information tells me that. It's because it's what makes the most sense. Again, you can make a case for, for I, I, the case for the Lions. Let's just, let's make the case. How about we start with the fact that Matt Stafford was graded out as the seventh highest graded quarterback in football last year as a passer. He was one spot behind Pat Mahomes. He had maybe the best year of his career before he got injured. They added DeAndre Swift. They have a decent offensive line. TJ Hawkinson is going into his second year. Kenny Galladay is still an ascending wide receiver. And uh, Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola are not bad wide receivers. They, they graded out as the 42nd and 47th best wide receivers in football, meaning they both are pretty solid number two options. You've got Collins and Flowers. You've got Jeff Okuda, who they added, next to Desmond Trufant, or opposite Desmond Trufant. You've still got Coleman in the slot, who didn't have a great year last year, but is a pretty solid slot option if he can just kind of take a step. And then you've got a sneakily solid safety group. I, I've uh, talked about Tracy Walker. He did take a step back from his rookie season, but the guy had a great rookie season and a decent second year. Opposite him, they went and got another Patriot, obviously, Deron Harmon. Another third-round pick safety. He's a little bit older. He's 29, but he's always been pretty solid. He's not elite, but, I mean, high 60s, low 70s as far as PFF grades, which is... Uh, 60s being average, 70s being good, so somewhere in that high average to low good range every year. Consistent, solid, every year. So you would expect that to happen again. Well, maybe not necessarily because he went to the Lions and there's possibility for regression. But the point is the defense is secondary. This team is going to win if they win by putting up 35 to 40 points and the defense allowing 25 to 30-ish. And the, and the biggest question defensively, in my opinion, is Jeff Okuda. Because if Okuda is a top corner with Trufant, and Coleman, and these, I mean, if, if you can't pass, I mean, great, you can run because their defensive tackles and linebackers are terrible. And you can throw some dink and dunks to tight ends because their they're linebackers, Jelani Tavai, going into his second year, by the way, can't cover. But when, when the Lions are going up by 14, 21 points, and you got to play catch up and start airing it out, and they've got a good defensive back group, the Lions have more than enough ability to be a scary team. And my biggest fear is less about 2020 and more about the fact that maybe they get their act together, fire these guys, go out and find quality coaches that know what they're doing, and this becomes a dominant football team. Again, the the only reason that I am going to agree with the people laughing at the notion that the Lions are going to be any good is because of the dysfunction. Because we've seen some elite players go through Detroit, and every year they just can't get it figured out. But I am terrified of the Green Bay Packers versus Detroit Lions games. Because the talent here is just horrifying. It's horrifying. Chicago Bears. Okay, Nick Foles. Again, Nick Foles is Mitch Trubisky minus all the negatives. He's great with the short yardage, dink and dunk stuff, which is exactly what Matt Nagy likes to do. 
with the occasional air-it-out ball, which uh, Foles can also do. Allen Robinson is a very good number one wide receiver. They did add Cole Komet. We'll see what happens. Montgomery's going into his second season. But opposite Detroit, the offense really isn't the, the point here. They have a defense, assuming it doesn't continue to regress, that if they put up more than about 20 to 23-ish points, they're probably going to win. Because this defense does not allow a lot of points. And this is a defense with Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, and they added Robert Quinn, and they've got uh, Eddie Goldman along the defensive line. And really it just comes down to if the defense doesn't regress, or possibly if they maybe get a little bit better, because they are going into year two with their new defensive coordinator. There's no saying that, that they can't be following a similar path to what happened with Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio, again, he started off, and the defense wasn't very good. It wasn't until like year three before the defense was something other than kind of bad. And then by year four, year five, they became this elite team. So maybe the, the shift in defensive whatever kind of caused a little bit of a blip. And then by 2020, this is an elite defense again. Who knows? I don't know. But the path to victory is pretty simple. It's a dominant defense, and the offense does just enough. In the Minnesota Vikings, it's also fairly straightforward. This is a more balanced team. Now, you know, again, just looking at talent similar to the Bears, it's kind of a head-scratcher, but, you know, they've got Daniil Hunter, they've got Kendricks, they've got the best safety group in the country. They added Gladney to the defense, and so you've got this sort of stifling defense that does, on occasion, kind of give up a bunch. But then on the other side, it comes down to the offense, because they've had an unusually potent offense for the Minnesota Vikings. And the question is, is that going to continue? Kirk Cousins was one of the highest-graded quarterbacks in all of football last year. As a passer, he graded fourth. It was Ryan Tannehill, number one, Russell Wilson, number two, Drew Brees, number three, Kirk Cousins, number four. And I know people are laughing about Ryan Tannehill, but if you look at the uh, 2020 quarterback thing that PFF does, there's some pretty impressive numbers there. It's a very flukish and surprising thing. But, um, I mean, look, the, the the bottom line with Ryan Tannehill is you're judging how ridiculous that is based on how bad Ryan Tannehill has been in the past. But in the past, PFF also graded him as pretty bad. So obviously something changed. So maybe go look at what Ryan Tannehill did last year. I haven't, I'm just saying. Before we jump to that's ridiculous, go check it out. But, I mean, if the, if the Vikings can make this work... They did lose Diggs, but they added two receivers. They added uh, Tajay Sharp, who, depending on how good uh, Justin Jefferson is, could be their number three option, their slot guy, who is a decent wide receiver. And the point is, if this offense can continue to light it up and continue to improve as they have been over the last several years, and the defense doesn't really regress, I mean, they, they have, just like they did last year, they have a path to being the number one team in the NFC North. I mean, it's not hard to make the case. And again, we know crazy stuff is going to happen. We just don't know which teams are going to have crazy things happen in which direction. The Packers have been on that, the end of that spectrum two years in a row. Two years ago, they were way lower than everybody expected, and then last year they were way higher than everybody expected. So we'll just have to wait and see. But anyways, i got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.